This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Happy Hump Day, everybody. We are getting over the hump together on the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071. Streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer, is off this week. He'll be back on Monday. Holly Roberts and I are taking you to 3 o'clock. And Holly has achieved a goal. She has watched both of the available Fire Festival documentaries on the streaming platforms of Netflix and Hulu. Uh, and, uh, and she's going to give us a comprehensive review. But Holly, first of all, let's remind everybody... What is Fire Festival, or rather, what was Fire Festival, and why are we all talking about it? Remember what? Let's go back to a simpler time, Colleen. And <laughs> that simpler time was April and May of 2017. Mm, a couple of a, years ago, was a good time. It was a very good year, mm-hmm. was it? All right. Well, the Fire Festival was this immersive music experience that was set to take place on the Bahamian island of Great Exuma over two weekends in April and May of 2017. It was billed as a competitor to Coachella, Burning Man, other big immersive musical experiences that have become very popular over the years. Now, one of the reasons they've become so popular is because the millennials Mm -hmm. like to share their experiences online to validate their existence. So this was billed as the ultimate in luxury experiences. Mm -hmm. You would be able to rent and live on a yacht or in your own special villa. Mm, So many options. It was started by a guy named Billy McFarlane and Ja Rule. Oh, yes. Remember, yes. And it wasn't even just, I mean, you know, you you were talking about kind of the living options, but but they also, and, and the musical options, there yes. were going to be amazing musical artists that you could watch. Yeah. But even, even down to the food was yep. going to be the ultimate in gourmet um, food experiences. Everything about it was going to be the top of the line, the glamorous of the glamorous. It was going to be beyond extra calling. Yes. The kids like to use extra Mm -hmm. to describe something that is pretty spectacular. So it was exciting. There was a lot of buzz around the fire festival. They released a promotional video about four or five months before the festival featuring some of the top models of our times. Emily Ratajkowski, Bella Hadid, even Kendall Jenner did social media promotions for the fire festival. So a lot of hype around it. Right. And especially if those women are promoting it, that's going to make it look that much more attractive to people. It's going to look sexy. Yes. Supermodels on the beach partying I'm in the there. Bahamas. Yes. It's warm. It's exciting. And it's yours for the taking mm-hmm. if you have the money to spend on it. Well, a lot of people did. The festival general admission sold out. People were really excited about it. Now, when I tell you the headliners of the Fire Festival, Colleen, tell me if you get excited. Tell me if you think the kids would get excited about this. Okay. Blink 182. Um, 
Okay, sure. All right. I mean, sure. I mean, sure. Yeah. Yes. Other. Mig- I mean, like, I would have gotten excited about that. I don't know that the kids would. Migos. Yes. 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 Disclosure. I don't even know that one. Major Laser. Yes, I think yes. All right. Well, so those were some of the headlining okay. acts of the Fire Festival. I, those sound good. The thing is, though, Colleen, when people showed up to the Fire Festival, it was pretty much literally on fire. Yeah. Because it was a hot mess. Yeah. These people who organized this festival didn't have any idea what they were doing. They didn't know how to organize this festival whatsoever. And that's at the entry point where we at my talk started to talk about this. Right. Because we had not really heard about the fire festival until we heard all these people have descended on this Bahamian Island and there's a festival to be had, but no, it is not a party. It is a nightmare. Yeah. And part of the hmm, interest in talking about the fire festival was that it was basically all of these rich kids mm-hmm. stuck on this island paying thousands of dollars and they were greeted with their luxury lodgings actually being leftover FEMA tents from hurricane relief efforts and then being fed cheese sandwiches and styrofoam boxes. Mm-hmm. No luxury chef to yeah. be found. Nowhere. All right. So that was the fire festival. Billy McFarlane eventually was arrested for a number of uh, mm, fraudulent monetary reasons regarding the fire festival because essentially what he did is took everybody's money and then ripped them off. Yeah. And he wasn't able to organize this festival. <sighs> it was just a giant blank show if yeah. you have ever seen it. Now, Billy McFarland currently serving in prison on those accounts and then other unrelated accounts that the documentary gets into. Colleen, this is just it. It's so hot and messy. So hot and messy. So there are two different documentaries on two different streaming platforms about this fire festival and yeah. how this essentially all happened. Exactly. So you have two options and they were buzzed about last week. Now, Hulu dropped theirs first because word was that Netflix was going to release theirs on Friday. So mm-hmm. they wanted to get ahead of that. That documentary on Netflix is called Fire Fraud. The other documentary on Netflix is simply called Fire. And so both these documentaries look at the fire festival from different angles. So you're getting two very different perspectives on what happened at the fire festival, the events leading up to it, the actual festival itself, and then its aftermath. Okay. And the reason I say that we're looking at it from different angles is because two different documentarians are involved in separate documentaries. And that the Hulu one is as much about Billy McFarlane, the guy who founded it himself, as, as much as it is about the Fire Festival. It's all the events leading up to the Fire Festival. He had a previous business where he tried to make the American Express black card for millennials. That really turned out to be mm, somewhat fraudulent. Yeah. And then he went on to the Fire Festival, and it's like, how could this person be such a scammer? Yeah. That and, is, and not only once, but then be allowed to do that again. Yeah. And he did it again, mm-hmm. even though he faced consequences from the previous frauds. Now, you actually get to hear from Billy McFarlane himself in the Hulu documentary, which is a point of contention for some people because allegedly, and I think this is true, that the documentarians paid Billy McFarlane mm. to sit down and give his side of the story. Interesting. The who, or excuse me, the Netflix documentary is actually produced by the people who created the social media and marketing campaign for the Fire Festival. Oh, okay. So Jerry Media, they did all of the social media campaigns 
for the fire festival and they have a lot of inside information inside access to the making of that promotional video with the models swimming with the pigs and yeah. the yachts and so they have a lot of behind the scenes footage with that one but i would say maybe they're not taking as much of a critical eye on what happened in the fire festival because, well, because they took money to be part of it yeah they right. took the money to be a part of this fire festival so maybe they're not looking at it with um a truly critical eye. Yeah, and I think they do the best that they can to look at it with a critical eye. However, you know, they're not necessarily calling out themselves for mm, not telling Billy McFarlane, hey, you know what? We're three weeks out. Yeah. Where are people going to go to the bathroom? Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. So... You get more of the actual perspective of what the fire Festival was about, and they focus more on the festival itself, whereas Hulu focuses on the festival, but it also focuses on Billy McFarlane, con man extraordinaire. Okay, so if you have both of these streaming platforms and you can watch only one of these, because let's be honest, I'm probably not going to watch both. (laughs) Yeah. Which one would you say is the more uh, is the better one to watch? I would say the Hulu documentary Fire Fraud is the one that you should watch. Okay. Because that one gives a more impartial view and you also get to hear from the person who put it on. Yes. And I think it's really important to see Billy McFarlane out of the context of putting the festival together. Yeah. Is he, does he seem contrite at all? I mean, is he, is he still trying? I mean, what, what is his demeanor? His demeanor is fascinating because it doesn't he kind of intellectually understands that what he has done is wrong there are people who are working in the bahamas who still have not been paid by the fire festival there's a gofundme page that has gone viral about a personal chef who took on the job of feeding people at the fire festival she wasn't paid she went into her personal savings and you hear this in the netflix documentary to feed the crew and to put on all of this stuff. So there are real life consequences to what Billy McFarland did through the fire festival. I think intellectually he may understand it emotionally. I don't think he cares. Interesting. He doesn't care at all. Interesting. But if you don't have both streaming platforms, you should watch it regardless. Oh, you should totally watch yeah. either one because both of them presents a pretty darn critical assessment of our influencer culture that we find ourselves in well and that to me is the most fascinating part this idea of influencers yeah because people who these young people who have now found themselves in a position to just have a lot of followers on social media they they aren't necessarily entrepreneurs no because you hear some of the influencers talk to the documentarians and the the people ask these influencers well so what do you do so who are you about mm. and both influencers that are interviewed in the hulu documentary just say oh well i'm just about positivity like what does that mean yeah you're about positivity. Oh, well, that's something easy to say. Yeah. So it really shows 
the power of influencer culture. The fire Festival really became a thing. Tickets sold out. People went to the Bahamas solely based on the marketing of this fire Festival as being sexy, exclusive, and the only way people understood that was through social media. And through the lens of those influencers. And through the lens of those influencers. That's so interesting. Okay, yeah. the Hulu documentary is your preferred delivery method of the fire Festival. Yes. And that's fire fraud on Hulu, but if you only have Netflix, watch Fire on Netflix. That will give you another viewpoint of it. But these are both great documentaries about what went wrong with the Fire Festival in 2017. Yeah. They're fascinating and frightening. Oh, so yay! Have yay. fun. Woo. All right. Well, thank you, Holly, for that comprehensive review. When we come back, we're going to have all the dirt straight from Hollywood with Elizabeth Reese. It's a dirt alert on My Talk 107. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. Elizabeth Reese has brought all the dirt from Hollywood, and boy, is it going to get dirty. I know, it's a busy day today. I have a lot of legal news. This is where I get to play a lawyer on the Ooh, radio. Fun. Cool. Good, not better one in real you life. than me. <laughs> This is when I think at one point I thought maybe I'll go to law school. And then I was like, that seems like too much work. Good news. I never thought I'd go to law school. <laughs> it seems I did have that thought. And then people were like, no, I know. Holly, that was me too. It. Yeah, that was that was me too. I think we made the right choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, Harvey Weinstein has a new team of lawyers, a dream team of lawyers, if you will. That's what page six is calling them. Mm. Um, they're. Is so this Ben Braffman is was his high powered attorney. Mm hmm. Uh, this guy's out, and now he has three attorneys, including one who most recently represented Rose McGowan. Oh, who that... is one of Harvey Weinstein's most no vocal um, accusers. This feels like that's that got to be a weird? conflict. I don't understand. Can that happen? Well, I don't... it was. Um, yeah, I don't know because. There is a connection here. So it's Jose Baez or Baez. I don't know how to pronounce mm-hmm. his name. Uh, represented Rose McGowan, who pleaded no contest to drug possession charges last year. And you'll remember that she claimed Harvey Weinstein planted the drugs in her wallet right. in 2017. This so, is weird. This it is just is weird. weird. I don't feel like that can happen. This attorney also was the one who um, won an acquittal for KC Anthony, oh. who was charged with the murder of her two-year-old daughter. Okay. okay. All right. Well, <laughs> So that's happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, in other attorney news, Pam Mackey is one of the attorneys who represented Kobe Bryant when he was accused of raping a 19-year-old hotel staffer in 2003. Okay, so this is actually something that's kind of interesting because when his former attorney left the case, I think one of the reasons why he was uh, the two of them were butting heads mm-hmm. was because... Um, Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Contrary to his advice, Harvey Weinstein was looking for a woman to be on the team. Yeah, of course. Which, of course, he would want. Yeah. And I... I, These are like the attorneys for the rogues gallery of Batman hanging out in Arkham Asylum. That is the truth, you. I love it when you pull those kinds of references, Holly. Thank you. But it does remind me Mm -hmm. of... Hmm... Uh, you know, a defense attorney, defense attorneys play an important part in our criminal justice system. Yes. 100% because everyone deserves a defense. This is yes. true. But then you look at their client list and you, and one you feel goes, like all you do is hmm. like help the bad guys. You're a bad yeah. guy helper. Yeah. 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 Mm. Oh, Alec Baldwin, also in court, uh, pleading guilty to harassment over this parking spot situation. I love this so much. I know. I know. Because. OK, go ahead. He pleaded guilty to second degree harassment, a violation, and will pay a $120 fine. Um, The prosecutor said that they reviewed video surveillance in the case. They talked to the witnesses. They looked at the medical records. They talked with the victim. And the prosecutor said that given that Mr. Baldwin does not have a criminal record, we are prepared to offer a harassment violation in the second degree with the condition that he completes an anger management program. How many times has he been through an anger management program? I mean, he could be the poster child for anger management programs that just don't quite stick. Hi, but okay, but here's the thing. This is my question. Like, is he going to plead guilty to harassment of us now? Because do you remember (laughs) when we were all, hey, Alec Baldwin, you harassed that person in that parking incident. And he was like, no, I didn't. You guys are a bunch of jerks. All you people that think I harassed people. Why are you harassing me about harassing? Blankety blank. And we were like... But you did, right? Because you're you. And and now he's pleading guilty. So now, I mean, is he going to apologize to us for telling us we were jerks? Maybe also. he will at the end of his anger management classes. I he has um, to complete them by the by his next court date, which is March 22nd. He's going to go to those and he's going to doodle and he's going to check out. Like, he's not going to be paying attention. He's also, a person yeah. who's fascinatingly excused for bad behavior. I know. And yeah. I am guilty of it. I do it all the time. I do, too, because I think he's funny. Me, too. Yeah. And I like him in 30 Rock. You know, like but I loved him in Colleen, the show 30 Rock. He's not Jack Donaghy in I real know, life. He's not. No. And Alec Baldwin will probably just act his way through anger management class right. because he can be incredibly charming right. when he wants to I be. Know, that is dangerous. What is going on with Hilaria? Is Hilaria okay <laughs> in that house with I all know. of those babies? Blink twice if you are safe. Gosh. Hilaria. Oh, she knew what she was signing up for. I think you're right. <laughs> Exactly, she did, but I think if you're if you are that hot headed, I mean, aren't you? I, like, I feel are, like his hot headedness is not directed to her. It's towards people on the outside that bug him. Yes, okay. but don't you? Isn't it the juxtaposition of the of a, of a Alec Baldwin who can pop off at the drop of a pin, and she's a yoga and instructor. the yogi. I know is like I, I mean the the yin and the yang. I mean, it's just that was I, a deep thought, Colleen. I just can't get. I don't know what they're like at parties. I, mean, I guess I bet maybe it's like a nice balance. Maybe he's self-aware enough to understand what he really needs in his life and in his inner circle. And so that is why he has her. 
And maybe if it weren't for Hilaria, he would be, you know, angry and spouting off and like pushing buildings times down a year all over instead the place. of twice a year. I don't know. I want to believe that that's true. Maybe. Well, the truth is out there. It's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian I Singer, um, who is, of course, a director, has been hit with new allegations of having sex with underage boys, guys. Yikes. Mm. a big expose in the Atlantic. Have you gotten to look at this yet? I mean, it's a long... I haven't oh. looked at all of it. No, I've just looked at... I've just been reading some of the synopses yeah. of it. Because this is going to be like a sit down. Yeah. And you have to have quiet around you I read you the read. first page, but mm. it was just the it's setup of the story. Mm. And it's a lot. Uh, you guys... Yeah. This is one, um, the magazine says it spent 12 months investigating these allegations against Brian Singer, who directed Bohemian Rhapsody and X-Men. Yeah. And they talked to more than 50 sources. Those interviews told The Atlantic um, that these men said the experiences left them psychologically damaged with substance abuse problems, depression, and PTSD. Mm. This is another one of those where it's, I mean, people around knew what was going on. This is like right. an R. Kelly situation. Absolutely. I mean, where people around know what's happening and... And allow it to continue. You know, and I, I think we've said this many, many times. If to think that we have seen all that we are going to see of people in power who have been um, allowed this, the the infrastructure within which to um, perpetrate these types of behaviors, yeah, we've not heard the end of it. No, because people have been covering for them for a long, long time, and and they will continue to do so until it's found out. Boy, you hope yeah. that the cover up stop. Ugh, there. I know. All right, thanks, guys. I told well, you that it was, was uplifting. It was a law filled episode of the Dirt Alert. I don't know what to tell you. I, that's really what we can do. <laughs> uh, hey, we need somebody to play the thirty second pop culture challenge. It's all Saturday morning cartoon related questions. Six five one six four one one zero seven one. You could win a prize. We're going to give you 30 seconds to answer five Saturday morning cartoon pop culture related questions. It's the 30 second pop culture challenge on the Colleen and Bradley show. My talk 1071 streaming live at my talk 1071.com. Everything entertainment. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. Bradley trainers on vacation in uh, Africa. We're going to hear from him later. Blah, blah, blah. Holly Roberts is here. We're doing this thing. It's the 30 second pop culture challenge. 30 second Who do we have on the phone, Halle? We have Gretchen on the phone, and Gretchen is pe- playing for a pair of movie passes to a Monday, February 11th advanced screening at the Showplace Icon Theater of the movie Isn't It Romantic in theaters February 13th. Wunderbar. Gretchen, do you yeah. know how to play the 30-second pop culture challenge? I do. The timer will begin after I ask the first question. Here we go. What is Garfield the Cat's favorite food? Lasagna. Who is the villain in He-Man? Ooh. Skip. Try again. Um, oh, skip. You want to skip the question? Yeah, okay, wait. Yeah. Hold on. Can we pause that for a second? Because that, I'm like, no, it's not skip. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I apologize. We will resume the timer now. Babs and Buster Bunny are the lead characters in what show? Oh, uh, Looney Tune Kids. Try again. Little little Looney Tune. Try again. Oh, Bugs and Friends. You can skip, Gretchen. Skip. Who lives in the town of Bedrock? The Flintstones. Who is Batman's sidekick with the nickname The Boy Wonder? Robin. Who is the villain in He-Man? He-Woman. No. I told 
Oh, no. Oh, Gretchen. Gretchen, I'm so sorry. And I'm also sorry that I'm such an idiot. Skip. Yeah, He-Man is fighting Skip. I'm like, Skip? That doesn't even sound like a villain's name. <laughs> you know, those evil yuppies. Skip. Uh, no, by the power sorry. of Grayskull. <laughs> Skeletor. Skeletor, thank you. And Babs and Buster Bunny are the lead characters in what show? Tiny Toon Adventures. Yes. I'm so... I cannot believe that just happened. Okay, well, uh, now that we are done with that game, the 30-second pop culture challenge, we do it every day on the Colleen and Bradley Show at 12.30, we can solve mysteries. And we do that in the form of blind items that Holly has brought to us in this segment we call Blinded by the Item. Blinded by the Item. And joining us to solve these blind items this afternoon is Donna Valentine. Thanks, Donna. Hi, Hi Donna. guys. Thanks for having me. Yes. I did really well yesterday in the car. Oh, good. Isn't that always <laughs> that the case? That will not help you today. I suspect. <laughs> okay. All, All right. right. So I'm going to read you a blind item, Donna and Colleen. Here mm. it goes. It's the following. This A minus B plus list, mostly movie actress, all of you know, who has one of the best relationships with an ex you will ever see, is hooking up with a Japanese businessman who is married, but makes sure she lives a comfortable lifestyle. Mm. So, again, thinking about an A minus B plus list, mostly movie actress, who we all know, Hmm. and she's hooking up with a Japanese businessman. We don't need to know the identity of that person, but I'll read you the blind item again. This A minus slash B plus list, mostly movie actress, all of you know, who has one of the best relationships with an ex you will ever see, is hooking up with a Japanese businessman who is married, but makes sure she lives a comfortable lifestyle. Huh. Could this be a Demi Moore? Mm. That's, mm. I mean, that's a good guess. Mm. No. Demi Moore. Okay. No. She has a good no. relationship with her ex. Oh, that She's was a good movie. one. Okay. I wouldn't have pulled that one out of anywhere. I Although that is a nice guess. Now, I will Thank tell you. you this blind item from the website crazydaysandnights.net. The comment section circling around two actresses. Okay, so I immediately... I mean, the first one that I thought of was Jennifer Garner, only because recently in headlines oh, it talks one. about how she and Ben Affleck are kind of getting along. That's one of the names. Oh, okay, good. Okay, good. She is still dating the hamburger guy. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, so that so she's one of the suggestions. The other person, okay, A minus B plus list, mostly movie actors. All of us know who has one of the best relationships with an ex. The only other one I think of is like Gwyneth Paltrow, but she's married to another person now, and that just doesn't feel right. It's okay, right. how about this for a weird one? Go. How about a Melanie Griffith hmm. and a Don Johnson? Decent relationship. I like it, but... but- <laughs> she doesn't like it enough. Let me give you a for it to be correct okay. about this actress. Okay. Now, she's not in a lot of movies these days. However, she gets a lot of tabloid coverage. Huh. The hint I'll give you is that her most recent stint on the right side of the DailyMail.com was her allegedly hooking up with Pete Davidson after a Golden Globes party. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Who Wait, was I it? I didn't see that Who was one? it? Because we were like, that was weird. Um, oh, gosh. Who is it? 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 She um, stars in a series of sci-fi movies. She may play a vampire or some kind of creature. 
Um, I, I, I am drawing a complete blank. It's Kate Beckinsale. Beckinsale, that's right. Yeah, Colleen, if you missed that story around the Golden Globe. So Kate Beckinsale allegedly hooked up with Pete Davidson after going to a party together after the Golden Globes. Weird, right? Yeah. Super weird. Yeah. And uh, Kate Beckinsale, her ex is Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen most recently dated Sarah Silverman for a number of years. Oh my gosh. And Kate Beckinsale and Michael Sheen have a daughter together. Uh, a college-age daughter, and they're very, very close. And I think they show up on each other's social media feeds. I Wow. I mean, huh. Well, let me fill in the blank That's for you a lot. on this Thank you. Item. I wish you would. Thank you. <laughs> Kate Beckinsale, who has a really great relationship with her ex, Michael Sheen, is hooking up with a Japanese businessman who is married, but makes sure she lives a comfortable lifestyle. Hmm, interesting. Wow. That is fascinating. And also, I'm so confused by this. Why confused? Because I'm still stuck on the having nothing to do with the blind item, the Pete Davidson. Oh, oh I know. Oh. Well, everybody was like, wait, what? what? Did I read that right? Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Okay, Talk well, about yeah. Un- out punting your coverage yeah, on right? numerous occasions. Well, I mean, he must have, I don't know. Something. Yeah. Something, something. I don't know yeah. what he's sprinkling on people's Cheerios, but... It works. Huh. All right. <laughs> I don't even really know what that means, but whatever. I don't know. Well, it's not sugar. Let's just say that. <laughs> okay. All right. So we have another blind item for you. I'll read you this blind item. And by the way, it's confirmed me. Oh, okay, good. We know the identities behind this blind item. Now, I want to read this blind item, Colleen. I think you were out when we first did this blind item. Donna, you may recall this from a couple of weeks ago, but I still want to throw it out there for you. Okay. Here's your blind item. This network was looking for any excuse to push this anchor for several of their shows out the door. They are convinced she was one of the main leakers of stories about the disgraced morning guy she used to share a bed with together while both were married to Mm. other people. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is Cutie Patootie from NBC. I think Natalie Natalie Morales. Morales. Is Is this for sure? Yes. Interesting, because the headline was Natalie Morales... Got kicked to the curb. What? Like, or she left the show, her show, like what? Like a week ago, right? Yes. That show being the new iteration of Access Hollywood, just called Access. Yes. And Mm -hmm. Natalie Morales left the Today Show in order to anchor Access, which is based in Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. moving all the way across the country Mm. from New York, where the Today Show is taped. Interesting. All right. Uh, Why don't we fill in the blank then? Who's the man? Oh, Matt Lauer. Yes. Matt Lauer. Ish. (laughs) Oh, ish. (laughs) Ishy. All right. So NBC was looking for any excuse to push Natalie Morales out the door. They are convinced Natalie was one of the main leakers of stories about Matt Lauer. She, Natalie, sharing a bed with Matt Lauer while they were both married to other people. Wow. Do we do we really think that happened? Well, I know they were flirty I, well, during the Olympics. But remember, that was the rumor the whole time. Because remember the timeline. So the Olympics happened, and I don't even remember which Olympics it was. But the two of them were there together. And there were rumors that the two of them... They were flirty at the time, but mm-hmm. then the two of them were sleeping together. And then shortly after that was when he and Annette broke up or fi- she filed for divorce. That, that is first true. time. That is true. And then that never that never went ne- through. Yep, right. And they seemed to repair things. And then she kind of just faded off. Uh, and then we didn't hear much more about it until this all, this whole dust up. 
I think they were flirting with body parts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that I've always thought, you know, that this is these are the types of stories where I, I again I feel like where there's smoke, there's fire. Not in all cases, obviously, but there was enough going on there where it felt like, okay, there's something happening yeah. here. But then they made the story go away. Well, and during that time, that when okay, so the Annette thing happened, she files for a divorce and that falls through. The, I remember reading a piece at my dentist's office. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out pretty sure that's j-lo and p.s the person behind all of this is chris jenner llc we drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends blinded by the item listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the blinded by the item youtube channel in like people that was a a profile of her and her husband of Natalie Morales, Natalie and, Morales her and her husband. And there were pictures of them yes. and everything. And they talk about how they make marriage work. Yeah. yeah. Because People Magazine. I know. Always there to try to cover up the real story. Hmm. That should be their tagline. Nah. Donna Valentine. Well, guys. From Donna and Steve. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Um, Can I ask really quick? Yeah. What time is Bradley calling? I would like to tune in. Oh, okay. So he, we have some audio that he has sent in for oh, us. Oh, great. And I don't do, is it ready to go, Holly? I will tell you it will be sometime after 1 30. Awesome. It'll be after 1 30. Perfect. So just turn your radio on and be ready. I'll That's do right. it. Thanks, It'll be guys. good. All right. Thank you so much, Donna. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show. Okay. So, oh, you should probably stick stick around for this one too, Donna. Oh, yeah. Because, um, you know, a lot of people have been down on the art of tidying up. The Marie Kondo Kamari method. You might have been one of them, right? Um, There are portions that I think work and there are portions that I go, give me a break. Well, I read this article uh, written by a woman who is the daughter of... Uh, a Japanese parent, one parent is Japanese and one parent is an American. American. And she had an interesting take on what she believes Americans are missing about the show. Now, I read the article and I came away with one very important thought. And then it led me to another thought that I want to share with you about what I think that show is actually doing. And I'll tell you what it is after this on My Talk 107.1. Okay, so if you've watched the Art of Tidying Up, this is the uh, Marie Kondo Netflix show that has swept the nation based on Marie Kondo's book, The Konmari Method of Tidying Up, The Joy of Tidying Up. Or I'm making up names. I cannot remember the actual official title. That's of it. fine. The Joy of Tidying Up. That Thank works. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, then um, maybe you will be interested in this article that uh, caught my attention. 
this is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com, everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer is in Africa. He'll be back on Monday. Holly Roberts and I are taking you to three o'clock today. Okay, so Holly, you and I, uh, I've watched all of the episodes. Really? Yeah. I have. <laughs> uh, and you've watched one of the episodes of Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. Yes, one episode. Now, I, and I did not. I liked the show. I found it to be entertaining. It occupied my brain. There were little things that kind of bugged me. Um, and I'm going to get to that. But, um, but I, you know, I appreciated it as a form of entertainment. Sure. Um, it did not inspire me in the way that I've seen it inspire other people to do a massive overhaul. But I've also been fascinated by the fallout, the people who are so irritated by the condo method, like the backlash. Well, we go through these cycles. In modern times where people love something, people love tidying up by Marie Kondo. Yeah. And then there's a backlash. The haters saying, well, I saw one of the things that people were taking issue with was Marie Kondo's philosophies on books. Oh, people are freaking out about the books. Being that Marie Kondo recommends that you have 30 books that you really love and right. keep that number mm-hmm. at that in your house. Yes. And then there was a backlash to that with people saying, well, no, that's not exactly what she's saying. Right. You're misunderstanding Marie Kondo's methods. Yes. Woof. Yeah, yeah, because what she's actually saying is for her, 30 books is kind of the magic number, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I saw this headline today and I thought, okay, I got to read this because I thought it was an interesting, it, it, it drew me in. The headline is this, what white Western audiences don't understand about Marie Kondo's tidying up. It's hmm. written by, this article, is, it appears in Huffington Post, and it's written by the daughter of, her name is Margaret Dilloway, and she's the daughter of a Japanese mother and a, a white American father. And she talks about the religion, the Japanese religion, Shinto, which if you've studied at all Japanese culture, you know is one of the two main religions in Japan. Yeah. Buddhism and Shinto. Shinto Shintoism, yep. And so in that particular faith, there is an understanding that the kamisama, kami is the energy that is the spirit within everything, which is why when you see her, Marie Kondo, help tidy up, you see her thank everything yeah. before she moves on from it. That is a way of, of uh, acknowledging the spirit within the item. The kami is in everything. It is in every object. It is in nature. It is in the people you see. It is everywhere. And so that is part of what she is doing when she's helping people tidy up. And this author of this article is saying this is what we are missing in the watching of this. And this is one of the reasons why people don't like the show is because we think it's this hocus pocus, but we're not respecting that it's part of her religion. Mm -hmm. Now I would actually take issue with the producers for this because that is not made clear. No, that's not made clear at all from the one episode of tidying up with Marie Kondo that I've watched on Netflix it seems like it's just another one of these lifestyle shows where someone comes in, there's a couple in conflict, and Marie Kondo comes in and tries to resolve the issue. And then by the end of 26 minutes, everything is pretty much A-OK between yes. the couple. Because Marie Kondo came in and showed them the magic of tidying up. And she's got a method where she says, you know, 
first you do this, then you do this, then you do this. And she talks about the sparking joy, but yeah. that it's never really explained that that's actually um, a relationship with the Kami, the Kami-sama. Uh, that sparking joy is the spirit of the item having a like a, a an, an engagement with you as a person. Yes. Okay. That to me is an opportunity that was totally missed by the producers. And I haven't read the book, so I don't know if that's made clear in the book at all. Um, but I think that's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. But it got me thinking about, okay, okay, so I'm reading this with an open mind. I'm like, this is very interesting. I'm looking at it from a new angle. And then I thought, well, I was irritated a little bit about the show. Why was I irritated? And really? I thought, hmm, I was irritated because this show held a mirror up to me to an area that I did not really want to look in the mirror at. You weren't ready for that. You're like, not really. Ah, And so that's Mm. what I think I was responding to was that piece of it was that I didn't want to have to confront this piece in the mirror. I'll tell you what the thing was that I had to confront that I wasn't ready to confront in the mirror based on this show. But also, I want to ask you, what are your tiny little methods of tidying up? Not the whole KonMari method. What are the little things you do on a day-to-day basis to tidy up your space? 651-641-1071. And I've got some tips from another organizer on My Talk 1071. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com slash hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Hi, I'm Bonnie Curry, one of the narrators on the Abide app, a premium ad-free biblical meditation experience. Join the millions of people who download the Abide app to reduce stress, improve sleep, and experience the peace of God every day. You can text the word PEACE to 22433 for a seven-day free trial of Abide. Just text PEACE to 22433, and you'll likely hear from me again on the app as I guide you through daily meditations or help you fall asleep and experience the peace of God.